Welcome to All Gold Everything, a podcast for people who love cookie. I'm Heidi. I'm Sandy. And we're <laughs> podcasting tonight in Portland. It's Halloween. It's Halloween. We are talking about cookie and empire always. Why not? Why not? It's, it's like the empire is going to re- replace the wire. Yeah, exactly. Although, in your life, as it should be. And if, if any of our listeners and viewers, ah, uh, viewers, viewers were hey. paying attention last week and actually happened to pay attention to the wire, yeah, they might recognize that we named our puppy after Weebay Barksdale. Whoa! I am not a wire. I'm not a wire watcher, so I didn't catch that at all. I just thought you guys were really interested in him being French. Well. No, because <laughs> Weebay Barksdale is not French. Okay. We just decided to spell we With the, French. the French way. Oh, you guys are so smart. We're pretty smart. I love that. Um, <laughs> we're not that smart. <laughs> you guys are smart. Well, we have arrived because we got our first comment from uh, YouTube on our one of, wait, we got our first comment on our second YouTube video. What did it say? What did it say? Uh, I will tell you that Gunhill3323 Terrifying. said, uh, has an NPR 80s feel to it, <laughs> Oregon Public Access Television, colon, close parentheses. That's an old school smiley face. Dear Gunhill. <laughs> I'm taking this positive. Know. I think it's a yes. I, I said know. that's exactly what we're going for. I don't know what about my um, appearance tonight. <laughs> Looks 80s. Uh, the boppers that you've got on <laughs> the ears are very 80s and, and certainly very NPR inspired. Everyone oh, knows. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When I think public access TV, I think <laughs> boppers and fishnet gloves. Actually, when I think public access TV, all I can think of is Wayne's World, which is kind of actually kind of appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. But Maybe it's a, NPR. Uh, okay. So, yeah, there's a dis- there should be a distinction. We're either NPR I mean, or we're public access television. Yeah. Either way, it's um, okay. Gunhill was drunk. It's okay, Gunhill. Gunhill three four seven three three two three eight nine five. Yeah, <laughs> there's a solution. So I don't know um, about you and about your day today, but I had like a real classic unemployed kind of day today. So I have no idea what kind of energy I'm bringing to this podcast. It's getting harder and harder for me to hear about your unemployed <laughs> days. I'm just gonna tell no. you that. And today was like a real classic. Like I went out and walked the dog, and then I went and exercised, and then I put some pajamas on and watched like six episodes of BoJack Horseman. <laughs> Oh. which uh, I had not started watching until I left my job. It's on Netflix. It's a cartoon. Uh, and it's amazing because the guy is a horse. It's like horses. It's Oh, sorry. It's animals it's and like humans. It's like a horse in pajamas, right? It's kind of like a horse in pajamas. He always wears the same sweater and jacket oh. and jeans or whatever. But uh, he is an alcoholic horse. And so it's like dark and funny. And uh, anyway, I'm, obs- I'm in, in binge mode on it. So I binged a bunch of that. And then also we had this puzzle that we bought three years ago that I broke out. <laughs> and I am now in complete obsession about Com- about finishing the puzzle so yeah so you, know. you still think you're calling in sick to work slash yeah. <laughs> slash taking a sick day from school like mom i'm sick that's like really what that's it was like, like today yeah that's it's, it makes sense that that's like your natural go-to it's like i don't yet know how i'm gonna do all this time i don't really yet know how i'm gonna structure it exactly so my my natural instinct is to like home from school. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I mean, some of it is that I did do all this work on the book and now the book is my first draft of the book is done anyway. And I'm just going to like let it simmer and marinate for a little bit. A couple of weeks, I, I received that suggestion from more than one person. So I'm like, okay, I'll do that. And so now I'm like, oh, now I'm back to like, oh, I'm off of school. What am I going to do? Hang out in my pajamas, watch TV, <laughs> do a puzzle. I, I remember I used to when I was in school, like 
you know, elementary school, I had days like that, and they were fantastic. Mm-hmm. Haven't had one in many, many years. It's pretty magical. Not gonna lie. Uh, the other thing that I just need to totally own up to. Wait, can I just tell you, I worked all fucking day. You worked all day. And yesterday, I worked all fucking day. That's right. And the day before that, I worked all fucking yes. day. And, it's, <laughs> and, the day before and you that. do amazing work. It's important work that you do. It's really important that you keep doing the work. The you do. only reason I pointed it out is not because <laughs> like is because I'm fucking tired. <laughs> Because I've had these two, like, surprise long weekends that were packed full of, of like, one really unexpected travel mm-hmm. and then two expected travel, but really busy travel and then working all in between. I'm like, I haven't stopped. I'm on fumes. You and are. I don't know what is going to happen tonight. tonight. <laughs> You're bringing it to the podcast, though. Yeah. I'm going to hope to bring it to you, even though I had a lazy day. Oh, no, don't apologize. I'm usually, I'm actually usually jealous of your unemployed days today. I'm not. It's okay. It's all right. Usually I am. It is a-okay. Because on my way over here, I stopped at 7-Eleven. I picked us up some DCs and I picked us up some Mega Millions tickets. Yes. Yes. We are we're going to be rich. We are going to be rich. That's going to be great. We're going to be those West Coast girls who win the Mega Millions. That's yeah. going to be us. Basically going to be it's totally ha- awesome. I'm so excited for tomorrow night. For tomorrow night. Big night. Big night. So I did that. And I will tell you that 7-Eleven is always like a little badge worthy. Like I feel like if you get in there and out of there without any getting any kind of altercation or whatever, you should like get a badge. Like I survived 7-Eleven in Milwaukee. But yeah. uh, tonight it was like particularly weird, of course. So right, like yeah. the panhandler outside had an electric guitar it's from hot. somewhere and he was like playing the electric guitar and he had like key, he had like a little slide on it. And everything. He had like a lot of gear with this guitar, which was unusual because it looks like he's been living on the front step of 7-Eleven for at least three weeks. And then uh, there was a car next to me that had like people just pouring out of it. It looked like they were trying to do like a car seat, but then they were with another car that was parked over there and they're like eating fried chicken and going back. It was very strange. I just I was like, <laughs> I just want to get in, get this DC, get my fucking Mega Millions tickets and get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you know, when you're a multimillionaire, you never have to go never. back to that. Postmates. 7-Eleven on Milwaukee. Oh, my God. Oh, Sandy had another bad Postmates experience. Yeah, we don't have to talk we about don't. it, but I'm officially done with Postmates. Yeah. What Sorry. else can we use to Postmates order? Postmates and Gun Hill 79695 <laughs> Seriously. I'm just kidding, Gun Hill. I mean, we appreciate your comments. We do. We do. We do. We do. And I hope you subscribed. Maybe, and I, maybe, and maybe I, it's his thing. And I hope that was a compliment. <laughs> so uh, the other thing that's happening is we're either po- we're posting this in this episode either tonight or in the next couple of days, which means there is still time for you to go vote. Definitely go vote. This it's is not an option. It's getting fucking real right it's a now. Damn mandate. And if you are happen to be a resident of Texas, I will I will personally kick your ass if you don't vote. If you happen to be a resident of Georgia, I will happen to kick your ass if you don't vote. Okay, so shit's going. Ish is real in Georgia. Oprah is going to Georgia to go door knocking oh, for Stacey yes. Abrams for for the Stacey Abrams for governor campaign. So if we have That's any, gonna work. I know. I mean, can you imagine if Oprah? Should, I mean, we're telling you to vote, and like, yeah, we're cool. But like, if We're Oprah not- showed up at your house and was like, knock, knock, <laughs> you're like, what else do you want me here? Do you want some bread? Yes. Bread. She loves bread. She loves bread. Doesn't she? Girlfriend loves bread. I don't, you know what? I love bread too. Me too. I really <laughs> love bread. Really good. Actually, yesterday I was at Elephants on Corbett and I had some soup and they were like, okay, do you want anything else? I'm like, all the bread. I took like five pieces of French bread. To eat with my soup. Yeah. I, soup's like, wah, wah. Without shame. When I took, when I was visiting Kylan, Rhode Island, one of our, we had a mall shopping day. So yeah. one of our meals was at the Cheesecake Factory. Mm-hmm. And um, we ordered our 2,000 calorie meals. Yeah. 
um, lowest calorie count meal on the yeah. menu. Um, and they were like, do you want the bread? And we're like, yes. hell yeah, that and, bread is good. And then we killed that bread. And then hell they're yeah. like, do you want more bread? And we're like, yes, yes, I we want do. More bread. We only come to Cheesecake Factory once a decade. The I absolutely so want the good. fucking bread. And I want a piece of cheesecake. Did yeah, we one? didn't get cheesecake. Oh, no, you no, we well, were full. I mean, we yeah. ate a lot of bread. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I would break the veganish rules to maybe have. I mean, I haven't eaten at a cheesecake factory in a very long time. If I happen to find myself there, I might be. I might have a couple of bites of cheesecake just because it sounds like pretty yummy. Frankly, yeah, yeah. I bet they have a vegan cheesecake because they actually oh, had yeah. a really vegan friendly menu. Mm. Mm. I mean, their menu's a, a damn novel. Yeah, so there's that's true. It's big. Um, I bet they have a vegan cheesecake. All to say that if you are an All Gold Pod listener and you live in Georgia and Oprah comes knocking on your door to tell you to vote for Stacey Abrams, I need you to take a picture with her and then send it to us. Tag us in it. That'd be great. (laughs) That would be awesome. Or you could just FaceTime us like right now. Oh my God, that would be awesome too. Or you could tag us in it and post it uh, as a comment on our YouTube channel. I mean, there's so many options. I love your eyeshadow. I just noticed your eyeshadow. It looks beautiful. Mm. It is a color called Rubenesque from MAC, and I'm almost out of it. It's like the little pots of shimmer that they have. Doesn't Rubenesque mean like fat? Probably. (laughs) (laughs) It's a fat eyeshadow, like fatty eyeshadow. Like I don't – it's awesome basically. I I know it's not nice to say fat anymore. It's still an adjective. It is just a descriptor in this case. (laughs) Uh, I think it's actually harking back to the days of like Rubenesque – I think paint style, like paintings. Yeah, he painted – Ruben, and he painted – he did paint – People, humans, round humans, round humans, well fed, well developed, well nourished, yeah, well human women. I like it, and men. I like it a lot. Um, so those are kind of some catch up things. The other thing that's kind of exciting is that a good friend of the show uh, recently published a book, and so I just wanted to give it a little plug. Um, he's someone that we both know, and he recently wrote this. Is he book. a good friend of the show? I I call him a good friend of the show. He uh, it just has sounds like we're Doctor Phil. I know. <laughs> well. We're legit, so I, I mean, I it, it is what it is. Can you see this? Let's see. I need to hold it in a place where I'm not covering up some of the... Now, I need your uh, Vanna White skills, actually. Wasn't it the other day that we were talking about you being a hand model a couple of episodes ago or being a model of some kind? Okay, so this is uh, a book by Dr. Alec Wilson. It's called The Upside Field Guide, and it's awesome. It's about like leaving your uh, leaving the social linear script, linear social script. Sorry, got to get that right. Have you so read that, it yet? I haven't read it yet, uh, but you know... Uh, but I, I do know Alec and so it's called, um, an explicit riff on lifestyle traps, leaving the herd behind and living exactly the way you want. So you can pick this up on Amazon. Uh, I'm sure there's an excerpt on it there that you can have, um, to read as well. And he's a good person. And I read the, um, I read the ebook form of that. Yeah. I have to say. Sandy was a beta reader basically. Um, I really, I like, I support and endorse everything mm-hmm. in that book. Yeah. I mean, I haven't read the published published version. Right. And it looks a little fatter than what I've read. I've read his essays mm-hmm. and um, I, I endorse everything in that book. And um, so, yeah, if, if you're somebody who wants to make a change or live a better life or just live to your fullest potential and you feel stuck and like you're not doing what you're supposed yeah. to be doing, read it. You'll be inspired. Yeah. I know it definitely inspired me and it reminded me, you know, that, you know, it's easy to fall asleep. Yeah. It's easy to fall asleep. Yeah, and I think there is a chapter in here on contact and relationships, as uh, I was talking to him about a, a couple of days ago, and that's a really interesting one, too. So the other subtitle here is Ditch the Linear Social Script, Escape Poverty Mentality, Lose the Loser Attitude, Avert Midlife Crisis, Start Your Project, Take Adventures, and Build Your Own Damn Life. So I don't know. It's got me feeling like, okay, let's do it, except that today I pretended that I called sick, out of, called in sick out of work or stayed home sick from school. No, but you are you are doing it. I mean, you're, I am. you're exactly what this book talks about. But what I also like, and 
I'm quoting this book, but I've not read the published version. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he he's very much like a lot of the, the self-help people or the mm-hmm. entrepreneur people who are like, you know, if you're miserable, do it now. Quit your job now. But he's like, you know, there's certain people who shouldn't be doing it now. Yeah. Like, it's, That's not, true. it's not irresponsible. Yeah. So don't think like, oh, well, it's just going to be another one of those books. Right. It's like, you need to quit your job now. Yeah. Take risks. I make totally, the leap. That's a really good point. And when I have worked with Alec, he, he made sure to tell me when I was thinking about moving into, you know, self-employment that he was like, you know, if you're in your early 20s and have like nothing to like no career to kind of really walk away from um, and not much student loan debt, then you might be able to just like make that impulsive. I'm going to try, I'm going to leave my job and do this now. He's like, but somebody who has an established life with like family responsibilities, um, financial obligations, like you're going to need to do some planning before you chuck it all and, you know, start to do some self-employment. And I really appreciated that kind of more moderate perspective on it as opposed to like, you know, a lot of the entrepreneurial stuff that's out there, a lot of the um, personal growth stuff that's like, if you don't like it, leave it. You know, I just think that it does require a little bit of, in my experience, I had to do a little bit of planning. Like I had to get the ball rolling before I was really ready to leave. Yeah. And even that, even now I still feel like I may have jumped ship a little early, you know, in my moments of panic. It's because of Bojack Horseman. It's because of Bojack Horseman. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Let's blame everything on Bojack Horseman. I feel like he would understand. So that's fine. I have to take these off. They're hurting. Oh, they're hurting your, hurting your head. Yeah. Ouch, ouch, ouch. Okay. Well, um, while you do that, we will just kind of shift gears a little bit. Um, and one of the things I wanted to, we have a couple of like real you just look so fly I'm just like so here for this bubblegum pink all over you it is like fucking epic yeah yeah it's good no (laughs) you can see how long they'll balance yeah Uh, we have a lot of like really uh, substantial stuff things to talk about tonight and oh we have so much good stuff Ah. so good one of the things I wanted to talk about without turning it into my own personal therapy session is um this it's really good when we do that I know and this is about this is because we're dedicated to being authentic right yes uh you know is that I really found myself this week because I had a little bit of extra time on my hands because I've been in my in social media a lot, doing stuff for the show, trying to get ready to do stuff for my business, trying to get ready to do stuff for my book. I just have done a lot. I found myself in full on comparison mode this week, like with everyone comparing myself with fitness models on Instagram, comparing myself with like super granola, crunchy Portlanders here, comparing myself with like people that I don't even, you know, tons of people that I don't even know, just images, comparing can, myself with images and images of people. Can you tell me who the super crunchy granola person <laughs> you follow on Instagram is? Cause I need to follow this person. A super, gr- a super crunchy person. I mean, that's super kind of just a conceptual, person. I feel like that right now, like that kind of just encapsulates some, like several people that I just was finding myself compare, you know, that I was comparing myself to basically. Um, and you know, I feel like, um, I know that generally I have done a lot of work around feeling like I'm enough just as I am because the reality is, you know, I am someone who like loves diet Coke and likes to go to the mall and like, I love nineties pop music and I like Taylor Swift and like my tastes are not really that like particularly, like eccentric or hipstery or ironic, or I don't even know, maybe even interesting, you know, like I am interesting because I have all kinds of perspective on stuff, but like some of the kind of basics of my life are just like, Oh yeah, this check, the like, yeah. check, 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 check. And so I feel like I've spent a ton of time in my life going like, this is who I am. I love this person. This is totally good to be, you know, as basic as this, you know, and you're putting some serious labels oh, on yourself. I know. Like, I know. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess I feel like I just kind of refer to myself as basic because it's kind of just shorthand for the it's just like 
accessible. Yeah, but it's always been used derogatory. Mm. So maybe I'm trying to take it back. Well, okay. (laughs) Keep going. Keep talking. I don't know if I'm trying to take it back. Um, But, you know, the point is, I feel like I had done a lot of work in my life to really love myself. And then, you know, and then along came another opportunity to love myself more. And I found myself comparing myself instead, you know? And so it's almost like I always, I put it, I pick it up and I love myself more. And then I put it down and start comparing myself to other people. And then I pick my, then I pick it up and I start, I say, forget that. I just love who I am. And then I put it down. And I start comparing myself to other people. It's a little bit like whack-a-mole, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was in a place this week where whack- it was full on whack-a-mole in yeah. all areas. And that was hard. That was challenging. But, uh, you know, I mean, it's work that I have to do. And I just was feeling like, you know, if you're out there feeling like um, you don't measure up uh, as a mom or as a stepmom or as a athlete or as a creative or as a, you know, writer or as whatever, you know, or as a dancer, or as a, I don't know, whatever, you know, whatever. As a podcaster. As a podcaster. I mean, you know, that's, you know, um, you do. You're enough. You are enough. That's all. That's a little PSA from <laughs> All Gold Pod. <laughs> so, so that that was cute. Yeah, that was nice. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah, I do what so, I can. So, is that how you did it? Just oh, oh no. yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, you know what? I started to just remind myself I'm enough, right? Uh-huh. I mean, part of it was that I had to go talk to some people about like how I was really feeling. So, I chatted with you the other day. I chatted with Marianne. I chatted with some people who are really close to me and like really owned up to this inadequacy that I was feeling. All of them, all of them reminded me like you're enough. This is your life's work. You've been struggling. This, you know, you struggle with this on and off. And then, um, and then the next thing I did was I just started to pray and say like, help me to know I'm enough. Help me to be the woman I'm intended to be just like to start to put that out into the universe. And like today, uh, even though I had like a, uh, pretty (laughs) relaxed day, I feel like enough, you know, and I don't know if I'll feel like enough tomorrow. I hope I do, you know, but it's just like for right now, those are the tools that I can use. Do you have, you do you have some suggestions? Oh, I have a screaming suggestion. <laughs> Please tell me more. Um, social media break. I know. Well, no, because yeah. you're not you're not special. You're yeah. not unique. We we all feel this mm-hmm. way. No matter how much work we've done, mm-hmm. no matter if we were like born like with a ton of confidence and self-esteem mm-hmm. where we've had to like work our ass off to get to a point of feeling like we have legitimate. See, here's the thing. Legitimate confidence and self-esteem. Yeah. I hear a lot of people, especially in a community that we exist in, mm-hmm. talking about I'm enough and I love myself and they're full of shit because every action that they take right. shows that they don't. Yeah. Um, so, so what I'm, but what I'm getting at is like, if you've, no matter how you've arrived at, I've, I've experienced what it feels like to have real confidence and real self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Social media is what social media is and social media does what social yes. media does. Yeah. So the strongest, the weakest, the middle players, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, it's like easy peasy lemon squeezy. If you're starting to feel shitty about yourself, yeah. I mean, there's data that shows that social media causes depression. Yeah. Take the fucking apps off your phone. Yes. And okay. that I think is like the first and foremost thing to do. Everybody needs social media holidays yes. for sure. I know that I've on and off taken the apps off my phone. And yeah. what I was thinking that was interesting about your this conversation, because for the first time right now, mm-hmm. because of because of this podcast. Yeah. I'm hesitant to take social media off my phone because I, I feel like there's work to do on that's it. That's what I was thinking. Okay, so, so that's really honest. That's because I'm like, yeah. how am I going to take it off my phone when we have to like post and yeah. comment and like monitor? So one of my my dear heroes, mentor, idol, Rich Roll, mm-hmm. has actually talked about this in the past. Yeah, and he like will completely take it off his phone and he sets 
um, one hour aside or two mm. hours, depending on how much work he has to do. Yeah. At like whatever time of day. Mm-hmm. So if it's 8 p.m. till 9 p.m., that's mm-hmm. when he's going to access his social media. Okay. And then the rest of the time, he is a social media free person. So does he upload it just to, so he like reinstalls just to do that hour of work and then takes it off again or whatever or signs in or signs out? Well, um, I don't, I don't remember exactly what he does. Cause this was like a couple years ago mm-hmm. that he was like going through this and podcasting about this, but I know because I understand a little bit about the technology mm-hmm. that you can completely take it off your phone yeah. and you do it on your PC. Oh yeah. I could do that too. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's yeah. ways around it. Yeah. I would commit to doing that. I'm going to do that this week. I'm going to report next week on podcast and tell you how it goes, but I will absolutely take that stuff off because it's also just becoming a huge time suck. You know, like I really, especially uh, prior to having the whole day to do whatever I want to do, it was like I spent some time on social media, but not like having the whole day to be like, oh, now I can monitor what's happening. You know, it's like it would be really good for me. I will absolutely commit to doing that, uh, which just reminded me that I committed to doing the minimalist challenge. Oh, yeah. And it's October 31st. <laughs> so did you get rid of 31 things no, today? No, I did not. I totally uh, bailed halfway through oh. the minimalist challenge, unfortunately. Aww. I made it to day 14. And then I fell behind, uh, like three days behind. So I had to do 15, 16, and 17. And I was like, God, that's a lot of stuff to get rid of in one day. And I couldn't come. I like was overwhelmed by it. And then we went to Denver. And I was gone 19, 20, 21, 22, 20, 23, 24. And I was like, I I abandoned the minimalist challenge. But I won't abandon the social media uh hiatus challenge yeah i mean and just consider it a holiday it doesn't even have to be like like abstinence like it's not like this is not a first step right (laughs) this is not like i have to accept that social media can never exist in my life again it is just a holiday like like what we do at work a vet holiday or like a when you have patients paralyzed you Mm. have to just wake them up every day a little bit until we're like oh they move and And then they go back to bed i just said they go back to bed they go back to bed they go they go back home um so it's just like that. Just yeah, a holiday. That's so funny that you um, suggest that as a solution because I not only, not even six hours ago did I suggest that solution to someone else who's having the same problem I was having. So that's sometimes funny. You Isn't hear that funny? Say, yeah. Sometimes you hear yourself say it and it, may, it makes no difference. And then sometimes you hear your best friend say it and you're like, oh yeah, duh, that's absolutely what I'm going to do. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I, th- I think the most important thing that I said about that is like, we all feel that way. Mm-hmm. And it's not because mm-hmm. it's, it's not an indicator of, of really where we are on our road to self-discovery and self-love. Right. It's an indicator of the world that we live in today. Yeah, I think so. And and what, you know, social media does yeah. to us, which is hilarious because look what we're doing. We're part of it. <laughs> and we spend a lot of time talking about it because yeah. it's fun. But like there's also a downside. And, and it's not just comparing, you know, I definitely could get caught up comparing because I follow all the Bravo TV people. Oh, yeah. Oh my gosh, that's hard. Yes. Like I want, I, I feel sometimes just immersed in their world. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, I do not have nearly enough Botox filler, plastic right, surgery yeah. the whole time. I mean, yeah. I don't even wear designer clothes. Yeah. And so then I start thinking like, um, well, I should wear designer clothes. But then I remember I live in Portland and that's like really stupid. Yeah. Um, and anyway, so like I, I get it. I totally get it too. But um I don't know. Then I just kind of have to go to work and I I get to be immersed in that world and realize how ridiculous that is. Well, I mean, I think that's the thing is that it is so easy to just get carried away in it. And I had it happen. And, you know, normally it's not really a huge deal for me. And I feel like I usually have a pretty good perspective on it. But like this week in particular, it was kind of like coming at me from all sides and I just really got caught up in it. So I'm really grateful to have a couple of options for some solution around it, which is good. Yeah. And I have this is a great segue into another social media 
media topic unless you have more to say on this. Oh, I, well, I was. I was going to say it's not just the photo. It's not just seeing people and comparing, but I wanted to talk about the um, like the dopamine release we get when we get a like. Oh, and that yes. is what's addictive about yeah. social media mm-hmm. too. And I think it's important to point out and be aware of yep. that. This is like it can be an addiction, like anything else. It mm-hmm. can be an abuse or a misuse mm-hmm. too. And I think to realize that, and it's like for me, I always have to have an awareness about what place social media has in my life because I measure myself by numbers, my waist Mm -hmm. size, my weight, my pace when I run, Mm -hmm. my heart rate when I run. Like there is a number to measure everything and I've already realized that fucks me up and so I've thrown all of it away, right? So I'm at the point where I know that shit fucks me up and I don't measure that stuff anymore. Um, But but the likes, that's the same fucking thing. And so we also need to like kind of detach that from our, our, our value. Like that is... How many likes of a filtered photo gets is does not say <laughs> yeah, right. what my value is. Yeah, you're and, totally right. And of course I'm right. And of course everybody's like, yeah, of course you're right. But I know for me personally, when I'm in it, though, that is not the yeah. the context in which I'm thinking of it. Yeah. So I just always, for me, I need to remember if I start noticing, I just need mm-hmm. to put it in context. Like mm-hmm. this is not real. This yeah. This is not real. Yeah. And I might need a break from time to time. I really love what you mentioned about... Um, the confluence of using it just for joy and now starting for us, starting to use it for our business, for our podcast, for, for that kind of stuff. And it has in the last couple of days, certainly that has been my justification. And I'm just really happy to be reminded, like it doesn't have to be all day, every day. Right. It doesn't have to be all day, every day. So that's really good. Yeah. Um, speaking of social media, uh, Kanye, Mm-hmm. was in social media, oh, yeah. was in the media again this week. Yeah. Now, Chris Jenner, we said it last, I said it last week. They say mm-hmm. the devil works hard, but Chris Jenner works harder. Mm-hmm. Girl mm-hmm. is, she is working right now on mm-hmm. overtime. Yeah. I mean, she's had so much Botox, she can't sweat, but I bet there's little <laughs> sweat beads just like <laughs> squeezing out of those little I, pores. I'm still going to say, if she came knocking on our door to manage the podcast, I wouldn't turn her away though, because she works hard for that money. Oh, well, just because of her social media base alone. I mean, gosh, we, I would take it. Right? And I'd be like, yes, Chris Jenner, come work hard for us. Whatever you want, KJ. Oh, man, I lost the tweet. Uh, anyway, he, he tweeted a series of tweets this, uh, today, right. I think, saying that he was like dropping out of politics. That was like six or seven tweets. Talking about getting back to the art. Yeah. And that feeling like he's been used. Yes. Now, I, I mean, a- he's still out of his mind, but at least he's saying what we want to hear. Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. Then he was like Kanye. co-opted yeah. that, you know. Christian was like, no, you can't have your meds, but could you just read this, please? Thank yes. you. How about just give me that phone? I'll just tweet those things out for you. Mm-hmm. So I actually, uh, after you mentioned this to me, I went ahead and looked for some, some I looked for something to like get caught, to get myself educated on what was happening with Kanye and his tweets. Because I am on Twitter, but I don't do any tweeting. I don't, I don't ever use it. And anyway, so, uh, I found this article on vice.com. Can I ask you a question about Twitter? Yeah. Because I, I'm not, I don't think I know the answer. Yeah. No, well, no, no. Cause so I've learned from podcasting with you yeah. that Twitter's like considered like the smart person oh, on yeah, social yeah. media. Yeah, it is. Um, I, I don't do the Twitter. I mean, I have a Twitter You have account, a Twitter account. Yeah. But, like, we're in the I've, same boat. I don't even think I have the app on my phone. Yeah. So I never, no. I don't scroll through Twitter, yeah. but Joey does. So uh-huh. Joey must be smart. I know Jeff does too. It's, Jeff's obsessed with Twitter. Is just so preferred it's, platform. So it's maybe preferred maybe it's for men. men? I, don't I don't know. know. Oh, don't hate us for that. I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> Haters gonna hate. Maybe our men are just so smart. Bring on the haterade. They're just so smart. They're so smart. We married the smartest. Married the smartest guys. Okay. My question was. Yeah. 
Do you think it still has the same effect of like like what we were just talking about with like Facebook and oh, as, Instagram you know, with the depression and the comparison and all that? It's interesting that you said that because as soon as I started talking about it, I thought, I wonder if Twitter does the same thing that Instagram does. Because so much of my comparison is visual. I yeah. use so much of like, oh, that uh-huh. person looks like that. That person's life looks like that. And Instagram, obviously, and Facebook give us such insight into the photos of what people look like. Yeah, but Twitter Instagram, makes it really hard to look at the photos. Yeah, because they do let you put photos up, but it's mostly text. Yeah. So I don't know. I it might be maybe I'll experiment with adding Twitter this week and getting rid of the other two. Yeah. And see how I feel. Yeah. I don't I, know. I don't know. Okay. Keep, what I, I interrupted you. What were you gonna uh, say? I can't remember. I lost my train of thought. Oh, all to say that uh, that Vice.com was reporting that this was kind of a half-hearted um, a kind of retreat for Kanye West, that it was clearly written by someone on his management team, i.e. Kris Jenner, and that like it was kind of what we wanted to hear, but also kind of like, well, it really doesn't like heal anyone yeah. from the kind of divisiveness that he had right had i promoted. mean talk about somebody who needs a social media holiday for his yeah. mental health right <laughs> right yeah kanye kanye take a break babe <laughs> just saying i don't know I don't yeah. know. Uh, the next thing that we wanted to touch on tonight was this concept of especially was this concept of introverts and extroverts Mm-hmm. I just realized I have no idea how long we have been on the air uh, tonight. Is there a little timer on our monitor system? 30 minutes? Oh, this is great. This is excellent. Um, no timer on our monitor no system. No time on our monitor system. Uh, our viewers don't know this, but now we have a series of monitors where we can see ourselves and we're in a heart. Is that going to be on our – is the heart going to be on our broadcast? Sometimes. Yes. I'm so obsessed with that. That is so awesome. Um, so anyway, I was thinking, one of the other things I was thinking about this week was, um, kind of the introverts versus extroverts and what it's like to live with one another and what that, what that feels like, what that means. I mean, I'm squarely an extrovert. Do you have any idea or have any thoughts on what you might be? Yes. <laughs> I do. What are you, Sandy? What do you think I am? <laughs> I'm curious because... I'm conflicted. I'm, I'm complicated. You are complicated. You could be a little bit of both. I mean, I guess it's not necessarily all one or the other, but yeah. I feel like I'm pretty far into the extrovert category. Yeah, I'm definitely an introvert, mm-hmm. and um, I can I def I've learned to look like an extrovert, but um, at the end of my extroverting, my uh-huh. public extroverting, <laughs> I'm fucking exhausted, yeah. and I need to be alone to recharge. Yes, that's exactly what makes you an introvert. Right. Uh, so extroverts get uh, energized and recharged by in- having interactions with other people. Um, I'm such an extrovert that I was just realizing I'm I'm an, I'm I am an introvert's worst nightmare. I love, <laughs> and I say that with as, as much. much love. Uh, but like I. Uh, like today I was alone most of the day except for the dog I mean and the dog was like really good most of the day but by the end of the day even he was like a little stir crazy like he came over and was like man 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 he like started stomping his little foot at me and I was like what dude we you know I don't know what you want so I don't speak dog or whatever you know um and I already you have time to learn (laughs) do have time to learn that's true (laughs) um but like I will have tv on in the background just to have some kind of noise like I feel much more comfortable with like sound on in the background than I would like being at my house in complete silence (laughs) (laughs) oh that's my boo with his music (laughs) he likes the music loud well I do sometimes like I do think it's really fun sometimes Mm -hmm. but yeah, so, like, for me, I will come home, I will, like, open the... <laughs> Sorry, no. 
Well, it's really funny because yeah. it's like it's it just really is illustrative illustrative of the difference between introverts and extroverts. Because I would come home, open the door, like step three feet in the door, throw my keys in the bowl, grab the remote control, turn the TV on so that there's some kind of usually sports. I usually put like sports on as kind of just white noise or background noise or whatever. Then I'll like you know feed the dog and get him running around, and then I'll like go and hop on the Peloton cycle, but I won't have any headphones charged, so I'll just like have the Peloton speakers blaring whatever the instructor is yelling at me while the dog's watching baseball or whatever. And then Jeff walks in the door while all this is going on and he's like, <laughs> I can relate to Jeff for sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, you know, his preferred or an introvert's preferred would be like walking into silence, having maybe little to no contact for about 15 minutes once you walk in the door. <laughs> yeah. The same is true for waking up in the morning. Mm. Um, and, and I don't know, I think, Oh my God. Um, I don't know that Joey's an extrovert though. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, if, I would peg him more as an introvert, mm-hmm. but he's definitely like what you're saying. I feel like that's Joey too. <laughs> Although I do think he's an introvert, but like, um, I like, I remember when I would go and stay with my aunt, my aunt's a total extrovert uh-huh. and she just loves to socialize uh-huh. and I love to socialize with her except first thing in the morning. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, I can tell she's just so waiting for me to wake <laughs> up. And when I come out, it's oh, like, I she's ready. So hard. She is ready to have a conversation. And I'm just like, I, I, like, I need, <laughs> I need, I need quiet. Yeah. And I need to like, I don't know, maybe my brain just turns on more slowly, but I just, I very much relate to that. It and is I, an incredible difference. And I relate to that too, right? My eyes wake up, my wheels have been spinning. Like, it's like my wheels were spinning while I slept. So it's like the minute my eyes pop open, I'm like, Hey Jeff, what do you think about? And sometimes I'll wake up at like 5.45 and he'll wake up at, you know, he'll wake up next to me and I'll be like, Jeff, what do you think about blah, blah. And it's like a real serious question. And he literally has like just peeled his eyes open. <laughs> like, I mean, do you think we should buy a rental home or do you think we should, you know, like, yeah. like serious stuff? And he's like, can I like have some time to wake up? Yeah. But for me, it's like, I'm so excited to talk about it. I'm so excited to talk about it with him. Like I just really, there, I, I, some of that, I, well, I just, I am chalking that up to extrovertedness, whether it is or isn't. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. So. Could be. Yeah. I mean, it seems like it, especially, I mean, I don't know. I think that my introvertedness is, but you know what? If it's not that, mm-hmm. it's that, because for me, it could just be that I did live alone for so long yeah. that I'm used to quiet. Yeah, that I'm totally. a- accustomed to quiet. So yeah. it is hard for me to shift that. So maybe, I mean, that could be what it is too. Um, but I know I'm an introvert. Yeah. Um, well, it's really interesting. I mean, I love that. I I love that, you know, introvert or extrovert. Like, I love that we can have a friendship regardless of what and that we can each have relationships with, like, the, the other whatever on the scale. And so it's like, you know, it's just – it's so fascinating to me that that made such a big difference once I started to understand. Because, I mean, I kind of am so, such a self – I'm so self-centered that I kind of just assumed everyone's an extrovert, that everyone loves chit-chatting, you know, all the time. And I didn't really realize, like, how exhausted yeah. that it can be – how exhausting well, it can be for people. And to be fair – I do love chit-chatting oh, all yeah. the time. Yeah. Like, I really do. It's just sometimes I'm just not capable is what it is. Yeah. It's not – like, I don't get pissed off at Joey. Like, yeah, I'm not yeah. mad at him. I'm yeah. not like, dude, shut up. <laughs> I want to talk to him. I love him. I'm happy for his company. I love that he wants to talk yeah. to me. I just am like deer in the headlights. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think I can do this right now. Yeah. And um, so it's not that we don't like talking to the – extroverts okay 
Okay. We like it. Understand. We like it. Yeah. And I do like, like I've always wanted to socialize. I've always wanted like Mm -hmm. this big social life, but it's like, like what I've realized is it does exhaust me. Right. Um, just being around a lot of people because a lot of it is performing for me because I am an introvert. Yeah. Even if I'm performing, you know, in my true self, I'm performing, I'm on in that way. So it, it just gets exhausting. Yeah, I understand that. But I'm happy to have the ability to because it's gotten me through, you know, I don't get nervous Mm -hmm. anymore about like big group X fill in the blank. I don't Mm -hmm. get nervous anymore because I know I got this. I know I know how to do it. Yeah. And that's that extroverted introvert introvert in me. Yeah. And I do have fun and I'm bubbly and I can be like, you know, I could be the, um, as my daughter said, the star. Yes. Yeah, I, we were out at a big dinner, and I forgot the word she used, but I was like, oh, I'm glad. I told her, I was like, this is the perfect example. We were out at dinner in uh-huh. Rhode Island with um, a bunch of her friends and their parents, and mm-hmm. after I had a great time. It was super fun. Everybody was really fun to talk to. Everybody was different in these own cool, fun ways, and I loved my daughter's friends. And I was like, gosh, I can't believe I was, like, you know, not looking forward to that. I was not looking forward to it like I don't look forward to going to work. Right. And I'm like, because then I go, and then I have a blast. And she's like, Mom, you were, like, the star of the show. Yeah. And I'm like... Was I? Tell me more. Tell me more. Tell me how pretty I am. <laughs> so there's that's that it, there it is yeah. right there. They, it's possible to do yeah. to, to show up like that. Yeah. Um. So anyway, it's but and that actually is a really good segue into our listener question this week. Oh my god! Do you have it pulled up? Because I and also I have. A I question. can pull it up quickly. Okay, because I also don't know if we're allowed if we need to keep this anonymous or if we're allowed to give a shout out to the listener that submitted this question. This is such a great question. Thank you so much for sending it to us. Um. Well, we. She didn't sign it. Oh, okay. So let's just leave it anonymous. We'll leave it anonymous, but um, she'll but know. But we know she, who you are. We know who you are. We've emailed you back, and you'll get to hear it on this week's episode, which is going to be so exciting. But this is like just such a great question, and it um, kind of led me into a follow-up topic for us, too. So have you got it there? I do. Okay. I do. Lay it on us, Sandy J. Oh, Sandy H. Sandy Hammer. Sandy J.H. Sandy J.H. SKJ. <laughs> Hi, Heidi. Hi, Sandy. Are y'all still taking listener questions? Always. Yes, we are. Yes. Thanks for writing in. Send more. Send more. Subscribe. <laughs> you should. I have a big one, and I'd love your thoughts as two sober women. Yes. Uh, I love it when people want to hear our thoughts. I know. Yes. I recently quit drinking. I am not an alcoholic. That's so, so funny. I read that first. <laughs> because we're in recovery, I yeah. read that, and I'm like, mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, sure but then I read the rest But of then it keep reading. Was- and I was like, oh, okay. I buy it. Yeah. <laughs> you check out. Um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but I did. That was my first thought when I read them. Like, I'm not an alcoholic. Uh-huh. Okay. Recently, I quit drinking. I am not an alcoholic, though I definitely have the family history to lead me down that path. Mm-hmm. I am not good at drinking. When I would drink even just a couple of drinks afterwards the next morning, I just generally would feel like shit. So no thanks to all that. And I have no problem walking away from alcohol. I will say that to all of my friends and my husband. Oh, I will say that all of my friends and my husband are big drinkers. Mm-hmm. Like most people are. Yeah. Um, and I get a fair amount of pressure to drink now. Mm-hmm. I know. The problem <laughs> is being sober and social at the same time is proving to be a challenge for yeah, me. It's hard. It's hard. Social events just don't seem like fun anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> Maybe I just don't have enough personality to be sober. That's not true. 
That's definitely not true. I almost just emailed her back. <laughs> I was like, during the email back, I'm like, but I have to tell you right now that that's not true. That, that's not true. That's not true. But I was like, save it. I thought I'd ask you both if you have felt like this or if you have any strategies that helped you cope with this dynamic. I'd appreciate any ideas you can share. Thank you in advance. Sending all my love. This is such a great question. And we have, I have so many thoughts on this. I know Sandy has so many thoughts on this. Uh, first of all, congratulations on trying something new. Yeah. Like whatever you were doing did not make you feel good. And now you're trying something new. So um, be kind and gentle to yourself as you try something new um, because you've never tried this before. It probably as an adult, you know, like there are a lot of people who start drinking in their teens or early twenties and then like just kind of drink that way all the way through their lives. So like, as I don't know how old you are, but as a, let's just say a mid 30 year old, you know, 35 year old woman, you've never tried to be sober as a 35 year old woman. So give yourself some grace. Like it takes a minute to kind of sharpen up some of the tools, but we're going to help. So what was your kind of initial, uh, how should we do this? How should we answer this question? Just However kind of, we want. We're sober women. We're sober two women. sober women. I was hearing kind of two pieces of this question. One is that like, it's hard to get amped up to go socialize. Um, and two, what do I do once I'm there? So I was thinking about, um, I have had that experience too, where like, especially when I drank, I didn't go out to socialize until like 10 o'clock at night, you know, cause I had to kind of pregame at home for a while first before I like got out and did anything. Um, so then if you're rolling with a crew that parties pretty hard and everything starts late, like by 10 o'clock as a sober person, sometimes I'm like, I'm tired. I can't, I can't. So this is like a little bit, I'm, I don't really want to, I'm going to qualify this as but I don't know how Sandy's going to feel about it, but I'm just going to say, you know, do something for yourself that makes you like, uh, feel special about the evening. Like maybe you get a manicure. So you're like, Oh God, I'm just like ready to go out and show off these nails or some new makeup or like a, a cute new top or something. Sometimes that yeah. can, no, sometimes I, doing something like that can get me like amped up enough to go out at 1130 at night or 10 o'clock at night, which is like normally when I would be going to bed. Yeah. I'll just like peg on the end of that. Uh -huh. Like I remember when I first got sober, what became fun about going out what I looked forward to was just getting dressed up. Yeah. And yes. that lasted that, that worked for a minute. Yeah. I yeah. agree. It did. Mm -hmm. And like taking, you know, and like making it kind of like a thing where I like turned some music on, did my hair, got my, you know, like I turned it in kind of like a girl's night, you know, a Heidi night, a girl night to like get ready. And that was really pretty fun. I agree. I had a good time doing that. Yeah. But then it's a little depressing. And then when you're home by 10, yeah, it's like, <laughs> you're like, well, let's <laughs> take all this makeup off now home alone because I didn't get white girl wasted and bring <laughs> someone home. Uh, that does happen every once in a while. And I mean, it's just the thing that happens, but it sounds like she's not going to be home alone. She has a husband and some, so, you know, <laughs> um, so that was my one and only strategy really for, um, getting amped to go out. I guess the other thing is you can, the can other I just say something to that just so I don't forget. Cause yeah. if I, if you, so if you have to, if you have to have uh, strategies to get amped to go out, it begs the question. Maybe you don't really want to. Maybe you don't really want to. Yeah. Something to consider. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'll get, I'll get back to that in a minute. But yeah, go, go uh, on. The other kind of, uh, this is also a strategy that I like and I have used as I've gotten a little older and stayed sober longer, which is I will make plans before whatever the plan is, like with the same people. So like if the plan is like to go to a concert at eight, I'm like, oh, could we go get something to eat at six? And then maybe like I have something to eat with them and then I'm like, you know what, guys, I'm going to go home, have a great time at the show, you know, or I let them know, like, I want, I'd love to grab dinner with you before the show, but I just don't feel like, 
you know, I don't feel like I can be headed to the main event at 10 o'clock at night. So that's something too, where you can kind of like modify the plans. A little. If, if your friends are flexible or if you think they're flexible, you can kind of yeah. do something like that where you pick something on before it. So you get to spend some time with them. Also, the reason I like that is that you get to spend time with everyone while they're still moderately sober before they're fucking wasted. Cause it does suck to be out. I mean, I don't, I don't like being out with people who are fucking trashed. So even as a sober person by usually by 1130, 11, 1130, I'm like, I'm out of here because people are starting to get real drunk by 1130, you know? Yeah. There's fighting, there's crying, there's yelling, yeah. there's falling, there's fighting over there's car keys. telling the same story over oh, and over and over. That was the first thing I noticed. Oh, yeah, because that one's bad. When I got sober, like, I stayed drunk for a long time uh-huh. just because I didn't want to lose my social network. Yeah. So I, I knew I was an alcoholic. I knew I needed and wanted to stop drinking but I was too afraid of losing the social aspect so so yeah so yes I um so yes I relate to your question although I know you're not an alcoholic and I know that you don't have like the dire need to stop that that I had but Mm -hmm. um it was like the social aspect is huge yeah and and it's really hard I mean we even had a listener question several months ago about you know social socializing with his girlfriend the social aspect is huge and it's terrifying so I held on pretty tight like I would go to Timbers games with friends and they would hand me beers and I and finally like when somebody handed a beer and it like it like sloshed onto me and I could smell the beer I realized like mm, that it took that for me to be like I don't need to do this anymore yeah and then I I got with um you know hanging out with some sober women and and I tried to to go out to like dig a pony and shit and and that's when I was like using the getting dressed up is the fun part and and I did and I was like and because I had just gotten sober Mm -hmm. I looked really fucking good because when you stop drinking hell yeah yeah, you skin get, looks better. Yeah, eyes look brighter. Waist yeah. looks tinier. So it was really fun. But Booty what I found, better. what I found was like <laughs> I don't actually enjoy the scene. Yeah, and because I used to be able to to be drunk and to be to tolerate and, it basically. And, yeah, and be involved in those conversations yeah. where we're saying the same thing over yeah. and over again. And now I'm not, and um, and it's just and I was like, oh, this isn't as fun. Um, so so I just want to say that I I think the part about your question. Um, I want to add one thing to that. Yeah. One other thing I want to add to that is that if you have this experience where as a sober woman, you decide that like, uh, the party scene is not for you anymore. It does not really, it does not necessarily mean that you need to abandon all your friends. It means you and your friends need to make different plans. So start asking your girlfriends to go see a movie with you. Start asking your girlfriends to go to coffee with you. Start asking them to go to brunch with you or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't think you have to sacrifice, uh, true friends. You will not have to sacrifice because right. you don't drink anymore. Right. Now, friends who are just drinking friends, you may find out that some of your friends don't want to hang in an, in a situation where there's not like excessive drinking or like party city, you know yeah. what I mean? And so that's, I mean, that's the problem because like the first part of her question is how have you guys ever felt like this? And my answer mm-hmm. is yes, yeah. but we had, we had, um, a much more severe reason to get away from it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Cause I could say I, I had to, I had to stop drinking with my friends who drank all the time mm-hmm. because it was sloshing, you know, they're handing me drinks, sloshing beer on me yeah. and, and I might drink. And yeah. if I might drink, I might die because yeah. I'm an alcoholic. And so she doesn't have that like kind of direness right. of it. So yes, I felt that way. Um, but the stakes were a little bit higher for me. Yeah. So I was able to make some pretty, like some more drastic, drastic decisions choices. that yeah. were right for me. Yeah. Um, and then you, what um, strategies have you used to cope with it? So mm-hmm. really, like what the unfortunate thing is, you know, that I'm reading in your question is you're sober, you have alcoholism in your family. Mm-hmm. So there is a, some trauma there around alcohol. There's yeah. a history of trauma around alcohol totally. and you're hanging out and you're married to 
heavy drinkers. Mm -hmm. So that, even though this is like an easy breezy question and you're saying like, I don't have a problem and it, that in itself is unfortunately, it's, it's a problem. And of course you're uncomfortable. And I think you're probably very uncomfortable about this. And I, if I had to, um, project, I would say that, you know, it is probably very uncomfortable for you when your husband drinks heavily. And so it's tough. So actually making those boundaries is going to be a little bit harder than asking your friends to go get their nails done. Right. Um, and I don't have great solutions for that. I mean, Mm. that's, that's like some, some hard work and some deep work. Right. Um, that really, I think what, I think we're saying close to the same thing. I I think what I'm, what I'm trying to say is that, you know, if that you have, it sounds like you have a little bit of, um, work to do or thought to give as to how serious you seriously, you want to take your sobriety. Like, is it really going to be like a thing that you need to maintain for your lifetime? Is it just like a little break or like, you know, whatever that is and whatever you decide on that, I think will decide, uh, will help you to figure out like how to navigate being out with friends who drink heavily. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, history of alcoholism in the family, Mm -hmm. a bunch of friends who drink heavily, the decision to stop drinking altogether. There's a little bit more going on there. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, and then if we do take it just like a step back and take it lighter, um, you know, it, it comes back to like, what do you really like? Because what I know you yeah. don't really like is hanging out with a pe- <laughs> with people who are very heavy drinkers. Yeah. So it comes back to like, you know, you can also just take some time for yourself and just. I it, agree. It, That's it is so okay important. to just let go yeah. of that need to socialize. Yep. Because when I let go of like Friday nights. Yeah. How long from the time I was a teenager until the time I was 35 years old, I thought Friday nights meant I had to be out partying, going out on a date, something. And it's like, that's just not true. Yeah. And and so like just letting go of those stories. Narrative. Yep. (laughs) Like this book suggests. Just letting go because there there are all these interjects, these stories that we yeah. tell ourselves, and that's one of them. That yeah. like to be cool, we have to be out on a back Friday. Back to Heidi's yeah. labeling of herself, My labeling basic girls. They're not out on Fridays, <laughs> but cool girls are. That's just not true. No, I mean that's not. just not true. Yeah. And so there's like just a shift in your perception around what socializing means to you and what's important to mm-hmm. you. And it doesn't have to be you know sitting up till three a.m. listening to your family and friends tell, tell the same. Same story over and over. <laughs> I agree. I agree. And I will say, I mean, I this is a huge, getting sober gives you a huge window to start to know yourself better. I don't know. You know, I, I had a lot of misconceptions and stories that I was telling myself about things I liked and didn't like when I was drinking that once I got sober, I was like, oh shit. Well, you have a story still today that you think people who like Taylor Swift are basic. And we're going <laughs> to have to fight Swift. about that. I, lo- I love her. I it doesn't know. make you basic. Okay, I love I Taylor okay, Swift too. Then I'm not basic. And I'm I not basic. <laughs> I got into it with Kyla over our trip about Taylor Swift. You did. I brought, I think I brought her back around. 1987 is an incredible It's an incredible record. album. I agree. I agree. I love every song. I'm not, it's not basic. It's not basic. Okay. So I got a little bit of work to do on my basicness, <laughs> but if you can still, if you can handle that and still take some suggestion from me, I'd really appreciate it. Uh, I'm just, I was just an example of how we all have stories we tell ourselves. I'm happy true. for you to point out one of mine. I have several. I just don't know what they are. But the other thing I was going to say about this, uh, okay. The other thing I was going to say about this is that, um, is that, if we step it back, 
Um, I think this is important that we have a serious discussion about how serious alcohol, like how serious of, um, how serious of an issue this is. Um, but one other thing that I will say that was helpful for me when I got sober around socializing was learning how to be out as a sober person. So I did some of that stuff. And one of the things that I did all the time was I started asking questions of people. Like I, well, I will ask people so many questions that they won't even be finished answering the first question before I've already started asking them another question. And this is probably the easiest way to kind of act as if, and to socialize when you're feeling like, I don't know what to do here. I don't feel a part of everyone's getting loaded or drinking. I'm not, what should I do? And I just start asking people questions. How did you find out about this event? Who do you know here? Who invited you? Do you live in town? What kind of work do you do? What do you do for fun? Oh my God. Do you listen to you know, I mean, I will just like start rattling off questions and like, if that's the kind of solution, I mean, that's yeah. something that's worth putting out there because, um, sometimes just ask, getting just outside how of to myself, overcome the, yeah. like, cause, cause we get, um, we have inhibitions and alcohol helps to lift those. And yeah. so now I'm not drinking. So how do, how do I, I even say hello? Right, right. And I would say, say hello and then start asking a question. I love your bag. Where did you get that? Oh my God. Did you see this? I mean, I just, honestly, I, I it has been the best way for me to get out of my own self centered fear about feeling different than everyone that's there and and just let other people really carry the conversation yeah well like what I learned when I finally got sober what I learned is like you could just ask somebody like how are you yeah. <laughs> that's true and they will be like oh my god I was in the rabbit hole comparing myself no it's true, <laughs> true. I I never would ask people how are you mm-hmm. I know I'm broken ass toy but not anymore <laughs> not a broken toy mm-hmm. not, not anymore um, so then the other thing that I wanted to kind of pigtail, uh, pigtail, mm, we can pigtail. The right. <laughs> What's the word that I'm thinking of? Dovetail. Cat piggyback. Tail. It's piggyback and dovetail, I think is the combination I have there. Lizard tail. Lizard tail. The other thing I wanted to lizard tail on there is that I do have some, we do have some good tips for people who are trying to stay sober through the holidays. So whether it's because, you know, being sober is a matter of life or death, whether or not it's because you just really don't like how you feel when you drink, whether or not it's because like you can't get drunk in front of your grandma again, here are some, some small tips. That She'll I think cut are you out of her will. You better yeah. keep it tight. Fucking keep your shit sober. Keep it tight. You want to stay in the gut. Damn well. Okay. So the first thing I would suggest is never let anyone else make your drinks. So Sandy and I have a good friend who recently went somewhere on a business trip and told uh, the people on the business trip that she would not be drinking and they laughed at her and then um, they offered her a spiked drink, um, which she saw them make the drink spiked and so she refused it. But it just goes to show that like not everyone really will take your request seriously. People so, are assholes. And people can be a-holes. So. Like those assholes who told me to hold their beer and it sloshed on my shirt. Fucking assholes. So uh, so my suggestion would be always make your own drinks because mm-hmm. you just never know. Or, you know, always go order your own drinks at the bar. Yeah. Um, so that's a big one. And then another one that I would suggest would be once Nobody's you- offering to get you a Diet Coke <laughs> anyway. <laughs> that's Trust. True. Trust and believe. <laughs> Oh, God. Hey, girl, let uh, me get you a Diet can Coke. Can get you a Diet Coke? You're not going to hear those words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, the other thing I would suggest is that once you set your drink down, don't pick it back up. Because you just, you know, you, you're at a house party. Everyone's got a red Solo cup. You set your red Solo cup full of soda water down. Somebody else sets their red red Solo cup full of gin and tonic down. You pick up the wrong red Solo cup and all of a sudden you had a sip of gin and tonic and maybe you're off to the races or, you know, whatever. So I always say, like, once you set your drink down, just go get a new one. It's yeah. kind of my best well, advice. Well, that's just a good way to just not get raped. That's all, And also, it's like very good for sexual <laughs> yeah. safety. Yeah, for safety in general. Um, so that's another one. And then the third thing that I would suggest would be, again, regardless of your level of seriousness or severity re- that your sobriety requires, I would just say um, 
sometimes I do a thing called bookending where like I'll call a friend before I go to say, hey, I'm sober and I'm headed to this event. And then um, when I'm on my way home, I say, hey, I call them again and say, hey, I'm in the car now. I'm still sober and I'm headed home. You know, I'm going to bed sober tonight. So it's like, you know, just some quick and easy one, two, threes to to check off your list. Yeah. Well, and the most important thing that you taught me way back in the day, because mm-hmm. I remember a New Year's Eve party I went to, like, um, was it New Year's Eve? Like the first time I was sober, when I was very, when I was freshly sober yeah. and you just said like, um, you could leave whenever you want. Yeah. Always have an exit strategy. Well, yeah. It's not even, it was just like, I don't have to stay until the party closes down. Yeah. I can leave whenever I want. By 1130. Like even if that's recommend. an hour, <laughs> that blew my mind. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's oh, a big one. like I could Thank leave you. when I want. And you know what? That actually, that's an empowering, a very empowering yeah. thing for me to do mm-hmm. is when I realize that like, I, I can't, I am a woman with agency. Yes. Like one, I can get sober. Two, I can make decisions to help me stay sober. Mm -hmm. And I could like leave when I want. And then you know what? That actually makes me appear more powerful to these people because I don't give a fuck Uh, if you care or not. Because I'm going home into my warm, cozy bed. Hell yeah. With my down comforter, my Mm -hmm. little lavender eye mask. Oh, fuck. I'm just saying it's a step towards baddest bitch in the room. It really is. To leave the room from time to time. Your mug doesn't always have to be there. That's right. So get an Uber. No, get a Lyft. Get a Lyft. Get a taxi. Take your car. You can drive. You're sober. You know, whatever. (laughs) Whatever you want to do. Parking's expensive. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, that closes it out. That was an amazing listener question. Thank you so much for submitting that. Um, I want any and all other Gold Pod listeners to, all Gold Everything listeners, to submit their listener questions. We love kind of giving this kind of advice, telling you about how it resonates with us. Uh, We also want you to subscribe, rate, and review to our YouTube channel and also to our iTunes on, or sorry, Apple Podcast channel. Channel. Am I having a stroke tonight? What is going on? I probably transmitted my stroke to you. Oh my God. Uh, is there anything else that you need to throw in there before we tie up all the loose ends tonight? No, just that um, if we win Mega Millions tomorrow, we'll still come back for you. That's right. <laughs> We're sending you love, light, and gold from Portland, Oregon. And don't forget to stay vigilant. <laughs>